Welcome to Rivers Church. Come on, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord right now? Well, I want to welcome you. My name is Will. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so pleased to be with you. I want you to look right at me. I'm going to look right at you, and I want you to hear this from the bottom of my heart, that I love you. I care about you. I've been praying for you, and I'm believing that God's going to do something great in your life right now. We are in week number three of our series entitled Build Up. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them, build up. Now, some, some, some of y'all had some week, you had a week already, and, and you're married or you're in some kind of a relationship, and you're like, this is not working. I, like, we've been tearing each other down all week long. Well, God's plan for us, he's got gifts in our lives that are, help, that are designed to help us build each other up. But you know something? Even in your own relationship, that... There's some things that could happen that actually tear it down. It's supposed to be a loving relationship. It's supposed to be a fruitful relationship, and yet we can use it in ways that are harmful and hurtful. And what I want us to discover as a church is how the supernatural things, the things that God equips us with, actually we can use as a blessing in the church together. Well, uh, I have with me right now Pastor Justin, one of my Great. Uh, I, I discovered this guy at Ignite at, at Allison Park Church. He's not actually from, he's going to share his story a little bit, but he began to prophesy over Two Rivers Church and over my life. And I was like, okay, I got to have him come to Two Rivers and share. And so here we are. It's Pentecost Sunday. And I believe it's, it's going to be a great, great moment. So I want you to open your hearts. I want you to put your hands together and welcome Pastor Justin to Two Rivers Church. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, if you could do me a real quick favor, you could just stand your feet. And this is honor God for Pastor Will. Come on now, give it up for him. You don't realize how great of a pastor that you have, and him and Crystal and the rest of the team here, you need to give it up for this leadership here. I'm a church planter, and uh, this is just a very uh, encouraging thing to see, right? I'm a couple years behind you guys. We're a couple years, but this is, I'm believing I'm living in my future, amen? So uh, we're going to just work through the scripture, and as Pastor Will mentioned, my name is Justin. I'm a lead pastor uh, out of Pittsburgh, PA. The name of our church is New Culture Church. We are two and a half years old, and uh, we planted in September, excuse me, October 2019, uh, six months before the global pandemic, right? And I'm going to share a little bit of our story before that, but our doors are still open, amen. We're still meeting in person. Come on, somebody. God's faithfulness is pandemic proof, and I'm just believing for some great opportunities for the Lord to move today. So I have a message entitled uh, for you this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you're watching this. I'm going to get my clock up here because I could be long-winded and I'm excited because I got this word in my heart for two rivers, and I want to make sure that you get all of it, right? So um, we're going to be preaching and just talking about a sermon today called The Rules of Engagement for a Supernatural Life. So I understand you're in this great series called Build Up, and as Pastor Will mentioned, I function as a New Testament prophet, and this is one of the teachings that I do. I do it specifically around prophetic ministry, but this applies to a supernatural life just in general. And how many know that God has called the body of Christ to have a supernatural life, have an expression of the supernatural on a regular basis. All right, don't shout me down just yet. Come on now. I need you to talk to me today. 
But let's just get into the message. So for those of you who are wondering, this is who I am. This picture pretty much sums up me at, at all times, right? You see the yellow background. I like to have fun. I'm smiling. I'm goofy. I like to do those things. And as I mentioned, I'm a New Testament pastor and prophet, creative, leader, entrepreneur. We'll continue on. But I want to talk to you guys about my first ministry, all right? Let's see what my first ministry is up here. Come on. Can we get that up here on the screen? So this is my first one. This is my wife, Candace. okay? She's beautiful, amen? Thank you, Lord. Can't wait to get back home in Jesus' name. But this is also my first ministry, my daughter Alexandria, and go to the next one, my secondborn Athena. And if you'll notice on their bibs, this was a year ago, this is their first year birthday. That's because they're twins, ladies and gentlemen. So pray for my strength in the Lord, right? But my second ministry is New Culture Church. As I mentioned, we're in the west end of the city of Pittsburgh. And I'm going to unpack our story as we work through the scriptures. If you have your Bibles handy, we're going to jump right into Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 19. It will be up on the screen. I'm using New King James Version. But I'm going to read the scripture to you, and we're going to unpack the rules of engagement for a supernatural life. Verse 11, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, right? Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Verse 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, that's a mouthful right there, itinerant Jewish exorcists, all right, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the name or by the the Jesus who Paul preaches, right? Verse 14, also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so as well. Verse 15, and the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Look to somebody on your left and say, who are you? Look to somebody else on your right and say, who are you? You know, if you're watching online, I want to ask you, who are you today? Who are you today? Verse 16, the man in whom the evil spirit was on leapt on them, overpowered and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded, okay? They didn't just get beat. They didn't just get a butt whooping, right? They didn't just get crushed. They got beat up so bad that they were naked and wounded, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. But this is the Bible. This happened. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and the fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was magnified. Come on, somebody. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Verse 19, this is what's so awesome. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver, right? Pieces of silver. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for the call to live a supernatural lifestyle. Lord, I thank you that there are rules of engagement to the supernatural. Father, I pray that you would allow us to go through this message and that it would just not just be a message, but it would be a line drawn in the sand in the history of this church where people would hear this message, whether in person or watching back on the replay online, and it would say, you know what, I want to cross the line and live a life of supernatural experience, supernatural expression, and that we would see the kingdom of God come and your will be done in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, so as we unpack this story, right, we understand that there are rules for everything. Everybody say there are rules for everything. 
Pastor Well mentioned it. He said, you know, we're talking about build up. If you're in a relationship, you're from the marriage. <laughs> you might have felt like you've been torn down this week. And that's, you know, that happens sometimes. But there's rules to everything. And if you're not married and you're waiting, you want to get married, and you feel like God has called you that, I want to tell you there's rules to this thing, okay? There's, there's a process. There's things you can do and there's things you can't do. And listen, I've been married for five years, and I want to tell you something. There are rules that I've learned this year that I didn't learn in year four, year three, or year two, or year one. There's always rules. There are rules that are known. There's the rules that are unknown. There's the rules that are just kind of like, hey, you should know these things, right? Like, perfect example, I, my wife, uh, she's a neat freak, so pray for her. I'm a creative, and I can tend to be messy. So the way I clean, right, and the way she cleans is two different things, right? And I didn't know there were certain things that you had to do, right? I didn't know that you had to fold the toilet paper a certain way when the bathroom was clean. I thought you only did that in a hotel, but in my wife, that's how she checks the box, right? So pray for me. She allows me to say these things, right? So I'm not giving her a hard time. But there are rules for everything. There are rules for our finances. We heard a great message about tithing. I like the dollar club. I'm going to use that, right? Good artists copy, great artists steal. So I'm stealing a lot. I'm taking pictures and videos, right? But there are rules. There are rules that God has designed for us. The tithe is one of them. Some people would argue and say, oh, it's just the Old Testament process or it's just the Old Testament covenant. Well, listen, yes, that's kind of true, but I want to tell you something. The rules that are practiced by the tithe, guess what? It doesn't just matter for believers. There are unbelievers who have generosity, who give their wealth, and there are principles set in place that they're continuing to be blessed, right? So rules are rules. Everybody say rules are rules. Now, on my next slide here, I, I, have, I have something that I want to just share with you. You can't expect to break supernatural rules and win in life, right? We are the body of Christ. We are followers of Jesus Christ. If you name Jesus the Lord of your life, there's an expectation for you to have an expression of supernatural flow, supernatural lifestyle, supernatural purpose, supernatural design in your life. And the challenge with being a believer is that salvation is free, but it's not cheap. I'll say it again. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. And there's an expectation for the believer, the follower of Christ, the Christian, to have a lifestyle where we are consistently winning, right? So we just talked about inflation, but I know those who are believers, those who follow God, those who follow his rules and his challenges in their lives, and they're winning right now, that the body of Christ should never have a perception that we're on a losing streak. We're always winning. We're always going forward. We're always progressing. But you cannot expect to break supernatural rules and win in life. You know, we see here, I got a picture of a teddy bear up on the next slide. <laughs> and this is how I imagine those guys who were naked and wounded <laughs> left town. And the exorcists in Acts 19, they knew, but they didn't know the rules. Perfect example. My first Chick-fil-A experience, I didn't know the rules, right? So I go to Chick-fil-A, brand new restaurant in town. I'm happy. Now, I was young, I was single. So, you know, when you're young and you're single, you know, you think every woman who talks to you, she might like you. So I go through. And I decide to come back around and ask for some ketchup because I forgot to ask for it. And the lady says to me, she says, my pleasure. I was like, oh, <laughs> really? So as I'm driving, I'm like, did she just, was there a vibe going on? So I got back around in line, you know. I was like, hey, you know, and I was, I'm a little, you know, I, I shared this with the team earlier. I'm a fully recovered introvert, so I was a late bloomer. 
So I didn't really have no game, okay? So I was just like, uh, can I get some extra napkins? And she's like, sure, my pleasure. I'm like, oh my gosh, she really likes me, right? So I come back around. And as I was getting ready to go across the line, I wanted to ask her, you know, what's your name, what's your number, you know, do the whole spiel. And I hear this deep voice, right, in the, in the kitchen, giving something to one of their coworkers. I heard, my pleasure. And then it clicked to me, oh, that's just how they do things here at Chick-fil-A, right? Well, I knew, but I didn't know the rules to Chick-fil-A. I learned those things. Well, these exorcists, they knew about the supernatural. They knew that they can invoke things. They knew that they can do things a certain way, but they didn't know, right? They knew but they didn't know. And my goal is to help us get to know the rules today, right? So in verse 15, I want to just draw your attention to this. It says, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? My goal for this message for Two Rivers Church, by the time we're done here this evening, is that you would not be like these sons, that you would not be like the Jewish exorcist, that you would not step out and fall flat on your face, that you would no longer be naked, beaten, and wounded when it comes to the things of the supernatural. But you would be mentioned in this sentence that it would say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, Two Rivers Church I know. Because there is an element in the body of Christ where the stakes we are playing for is so much more than just your best life now. We're playing for the stakes of the kingdom of God that comes. Where when Jesus prayed, he says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on, our, on earth as it is in heaven. And when we get a picture of heaven, we see there's no sickness, we see there's no disease, we see there's no lack. And there's a gap between what we think or what we expect as Christians versus what we actually experience. I'll say it again, there's a gap in the messages that we're preaching and the things we're promising, the unsaved, the lost, or whatever you want to call somebody who doesn't know Jesus. We say, hey, you can come into the kingdom, and your life's going to be amazing. And then when they get into the kingdom, their life's not amazing. And part of it is because we lack the power that the New Testament church functioned in. So my goal tonight is to not just make you laugh, not just tell you some good stories, but I wanted to get you activated. I wanted to be said about Two Rivers Church that there's something different about this church. There's something different when I walk on the property. There's something different when I connect with the people there. There's something different in their eyes. There's something different in how they talk. There's something different in how they walk. And that's because you're going to be fully engaged in the supernatural. So this leads me to one of the biggest questions I want to ask you is this question here. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Just think about that for a second. Do you really know who you are in Christ Jesus? One of my good friends, and he's a friend of this house, Pastor Jeff Leak, he has this really cool book called The Power for Life, and the subtitle is every, Why Every Believer Needs to Be Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're coming up on Pentecost Sunday. It's not my book. He's a friend of this house, so I can say it is about a book. <laughs> okay. It's a great book. But Pastor Jeff is an awesome man of God, and I can go on and on and on and talk about him, but... I want to just quote him real quick. He says this in his book. He says, you must recognize your need for something more before God can release something amazing in and through your life. He goes on to say, self-dependency is the enemy of a supernatural life. The life God has in mind for you. Think about what the word supernatural, or think about the word supernatural. It means above and beyond what is naturally possible. 
He goes on to say it involves accessing a power that is not within our natural selves. It describes what happens when God gets involved with people who are willing to trust him. So in light of that quote from Power for Life, I want to ask that question again. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? And you got to have this real conversation with yourself. Sometimes you got to have a come to Jesus moment. Well, this is your come to Jesus moment. You got to really ask, do you really know? Right? Do you really know who you are in Christ Jesus? Let's say this together. Here we go. When I know who Jesus is, I know who I am in him. And I know what I can and cannot do. Let's try that again on three. Ready? One, two, three. When I know who Jesus is, I know who I am in him. And I know what I can and cannot do. See, I'm convinced for a lot of different reasons that the sons or the exorcists or whoever, the party, that, the losers, we'll call them the losers. We got winners and losers. The losers didn't know who they were in Christ Jesus. Some of them may not even know who Jesus was because we see the demons, right, are saying, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? And one of the ways you can know if you know that you're supernatural is if you're connected with the supernatural Christ, the supernatural resurrected power of Christ. So I would submit to you, how is your Christianity going on a scale of 1 to 10? And if it's anything below 7, that's below average, and that's not okay. That, is this the only time where you actually hear the word of God, Right? Is this the only time when these scriptures are up on the screen, you actually look at the word of God? I say this to my church all the time. Listen, if you spent more time on Instagram and Facebook reading people's posts, more than you have reading the post in the Bible, your Christianity's broken. I know it's a tough word because it's very easy. You jump on that Facebook and you blink four hours that would pass. And you done got caught up in trials of people who don't even live lives that we live, right? You're just inundated with all these different things. Well, the world is designed to distract us from the things of God. But if we keep, as God told Joshua, the law in front of him, he says that your success is guaranteed. So we're going to transition. I'm going to give you some practical steps. I'm going to give you 10 rules for living a supernatural Life. There should be an R there. Sorry for that typo. But before we go, the rules are very simple. They're biblical, meaning that they're a foundation. It's the foundation. So everything I'm about to share with you in 10 rules, these 10 rules, they're very biblical, okay? They're easy. It only requires faith. So we talk about prophetic ministry, and this is normally part of the teaching I do with prophetic ministry. And I get questions all the time, like, how do you do that? How do you say all these great, how do you do all that stuff? It's easy. You do it by faith. Well, what happens when you don't feel good? It's easy. You just do it by faith. My feelings don't dictate how God uses me. I want to say that again. My feelings don't dictate how God uses me, okay? I have first world problems, okay? I came in. It's a true story. Came in last night. Power in the hotel was out. That's fun. I couldn't get a key to my room, so they say, hey, you can go to your room. But you can't leave because we can't guarantee if we're going to put you back in there. And if you do want to go back into your room, you need to have somebody walk you to your room with a key. Because their power was out. Now, for some people, that would ruin the whole trip. (laughs) But would I rather have that problem or would I rather live in Ukraine right now? So we have to put it in perspective that the things we go through in the American church, this is not a two rivers thing. This is the body of Christ in America We really ain't got no problems, okay? (laughs) Like, go to China and do this. (laughs) 
It ain't happening, right? So we have to put it in this process. So it's biblical, it's easy, and it's healthy. It always leads to life. So these 10 rules that I'm going to give you, right, I'm not going to have you jumping off a building and saying, I'm like Jesus, let the angels catch me. Well, don't do that because you will see Jesus face to face a lot sooner than you want to, okay? I'm going to give you some real easy things that are healthy. Everybody say healthy. All right, rule number one, we partner with the Holy Spirit by using the gifts he gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 14. Paul tells us that he does not want the church at Corinth, and I would even say, echo what Paul would say if Paul was alive today and he went on Facebook Live or Instagram Live or Snapchat or whatever it is, he would say, body of Christ, he would specifically say, Two Rivers Church, I don't want you to be ignorant about the things of the Spirit. If you don't know what the nine gifts of the Spirit are, we got to start there. We got to talk about those things. The gift of prophecy is a gift that God gives the church. The gift of the word of knowledge is a gift that God gives the church. Discerning of spirits. There's a whole bunch of gifts in there. But God gives these gifts to the church. And here's the best thing about a gift. You don't work for it. You receive it. You can't earn it. It's like salvation. It's free, but it's not cheap. These gifts are not cheap. These gifts are not gifts that you want to manipulate. Rule number two, govern and filter the gifts through the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Somebody yell out one of the fruits of the Spirit to me, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of the... I'm sorry, right? Remember that song? Some of you know this, that song. There are fruits that are birthed out of the Spirit of God. And I have this process. If you ain't got no fruit, you, ain't, you don't need to be using no gift, okay? Because if you don't got love, gentleness, peace, peace, patience, self-control, you don't have no business prophesying to anybody, right? You don't have no business praying for anybody, let alone prophesying, right? Like, you had to have the fruit before you use the gift, okay? It's the real gift basket, so to speak, Right? Because there's fruit in the gift. You see what I did there? Dad joke. Okay. All right. Rule number three. We live supernaturally from the position of being a servant, not the master. God is calling Two Rivers Church to be a supernatural church. Not from a standpoint where you can puff yourself up and stick your chest out and say, look at me. I'm supernatural. I walk on water. No, you don't, but, you know, some of us walk around like we think we do, right? It's not about that. God wants to use you supernaturally in your everyday life as a servant, as one who sees the lost person, who says, you know what? Jesus is real. Jesus is relevant. Jesus is reliable. When you see that homeless person, when you see somebody begging, and you're like the apostles in the book of Acts, it says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That wasn't for just then. It was for now. Oh, what would happen in Binghamton, New York, Pastor Will, if your people would say, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. What would happen? What would happen? Rule number four, we are delivery people and witnesses, not lawyers and judges. If God is going to use you supernaturally, you need to understand your only job is to deliver the goods and be a witness to God's goodness. Your job is not to convince people. 
in the church or outside of the church. Your job is not to judge people, right? There was a question earlier, a brother asked, he said, how Old Testament prophets like sent rebuke and all these different things. He was like, well, how does God use you like that? And I shared with him, I said, the difference between the old and the new is I get to work in the function of a team. If I'm an Old Testament prophet and I miss it, guess what? I'm going to die, (laughs) okay? There is no retirement plan for (laughs) an inaccurate Old Testament prophet. There is, there's no future. There's no hope. There is no Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know he said that, (laughs) but if you're Old Testament, it ain't going to happen, okay? New Testament, new covenant, I get a different grace. I get to practice. I get to be a part of a church. I get to deliver things and share stuff that I think God is using me to share. And then I get to submit it to Pastor Will or anybody else on staff and leadership. And I can say, hey, what do you think about this? And they say, we think that's God. Okay, let's build. Let's work with that. And if I miss it, well, you might have missed it, right? What's going on in your life? But Pastor Will's not waiting for me out back with a 12-gauge. At least I don't think so. But my job is to deliver it. My job is to be a witness to what God does. Rule number five, we do our best to communicate the heartbeat of God so there is no confusion. I love the dollar club. That's easy evangelism. That's really easy evangelism. You show up to a laundromat, let's just call it like it is. Somebody who's going to a laundromat doesn't have in-house laundry. That means their living situation is a little bit different than some people. Whether you're a college student or whether you're a single mom struggling to keep food on the table, if you don't have in-house laundry, you're living, where you're living at, you're just at a different place in life. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But most people who go to the laundromat don't have their own laundry machines, okay? Is that fair to say? I think, I think it's fair to say. Okay, thank you. God bless you. So, she's probably had a hard week. He's probably had a hard week. They're probably trying to figure out how they're going to feed their children. And this dollar and fifty or two dollars just to dry their clothes is driving them crazy. It might be two dollars to you, but it might be dinner to them. If you got multiple kids, right? I have two-year-olds. They're already running through clothes, and they're girls. Pray for me. Oh, my goodness. Right? So the mom steps up, and she goes, and all of a sudden, two people from Two River Church just comes, and they're happy, and they got joy, right? And they look like they're there to have a good time, and they just happen to give her $5 and quarters. And she's like, I, what, what? Me? Well, why would you do this? Well, we just want you to know God loves you. Oh, my goodness. There's no confusion in that. It's God's heart for her. And that same woman who was on her knees the night before praying how her bills were going to get paid, that $5 a quarter, even though it didn't change her situation, it changed her situation spiritually. It changed her outlook on life. And she says, man, maybe God really is listening to me. Well, wait, wait, Two Rivers, like, where's that at? Oh, it's right up the street. Wait, it's like right next to Chili's. It's right next to the movie theater. It's right next, like, it's in a really nice part of town. Maybe you should come. Oh, and when you come, It'll be a great church, and, you know, we have gifts for you, right? Like, not, not only do you get a gift the first week, you don't get a gift the second week, you get a gift the third week, and you get to go hang out with the pastor. That's a lot different than the church I went to, right? Like, it's the heartbeat of God. When he said there's three gifts, I was like, I'm leaving my church. I'm coming here, right? Rule number six. We do not or we don't do the bizarre level supernatural stuff unless, (laughs) 
We have spiritual equity through relationship, covering and a good track record. Pastor, are you saying that we can't do like the weird stuff, like the stuff that should be added to the Bible? No, but I am saying you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. What do I mean? I believe in faith. And if you want to go to the morgue and pray for some dead folks, go for it. But I would submit to you, do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? I'm not saying God can't use you. But I find it very funny when this is in more so in a prophetic sense. People hear from God 24-7, 365, but you don't know how God's going to pay your bills. God can't talk to you about how you treat your wife, but he can talk to you about everything. Like, there's a disconnect, right? So you got to have equity through relationship, through covering, right, and a good track record. Number seven, we stay in our lanes when it comes to influencing people, family, and relationship dynamics. So influencing means how are we influencing the world through our Christianity? I'll say it because I'm here. I've already stepped in a little bit of hot water, so I'm just going to go there. And if you want to just tackle me or run up on stage and do the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing, that's okay. Um, I'm convinced that the reason why people hate the church, because that's real, the reason why we're afraid to talk about being Christians outside of these four walls is because the history of our influence have not been good. We have not stayed in our lane. I'm just going to leave it at that. When it comes to people, listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you don't consider Pastor Will to be your pastor, right, a lot of this stuff has nothing to do with you. I want to invite you to take the first step and make Jesus Lord of your life. But for those of you who have named Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, we have a responsibility on how we treat people with the supernatural things God has given us. Family as well, relationship dynamics. I think that speaks for itself. Rule number eight, I got two more, right? We create short and sweet opportunities for the Holy Spirit to move in people's lives and let him work. That mother of four who gets the $5 a quarter, right? Don't, don't spend 30 hours with her. Don't do sozo in the laundromat. Don't say, not only is God going to clean your clothes, but he's going to clean your spirit. You don't even know her, okay? The $5 a quarter was enough, okay? The seed was sown, Right? Right? Like one man plants a seed, another one waters, but God brings the increase. Be supernatural, be sweet, be nice with it. I'm all about long services if God shows up. But I've been a part of some long services and God was like, why are you still there? Do you need me to call you a lifter Uber? Because I left. <laughs> Do you need a ride home? <laughs> Rule number nine. The supernatural formula, and I shared this earlier, and this is not just prophetic. And hearing God's voice, this is the supernatural formula in general, is intimacy equals frequency. A clear frequency leads to using, excuse me, leads to using the power of God accurately. I shared this story earlier. Oh, we're doing good. Take me to be flat. I'm going to preach. I'm going to hoop. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I shared this story. G or D, my, D flat major is good for me, though. I'll just say. Uh, but, uh, I shared this story earlier. I talked about how my mom is one of my heroes. She's probably the most godliest person who's I know in my life. And I remember being a kid at the Pittsburgh Zoo, and I decided that the snow leopard wanted to be my friend, but I didn't let my mom know that the snow leopard wanted to be my friend. So I left her to go on this play date with the snow leopard. So it's popular now to get the nice little tethers 
that looked like Baby Yoda and a little tail in the backpack so you can hold. I had a lease, real lease, like a dog lease, okay? <laughs> and this is why. I left and I'm going, I'm moving throughout the Pittsburgh Zoo, and I've heard the voice of God audibly three times. The first time was through the voice of my mother, and it was her yelling at the top of her lungs at the Pittsburgh Zoo, Justin, Lewis, Morrell, if you don't get your black, explicitive word over here, I'm going to beat the black off you. I'm like, well, that makes me want to get close to you, Mom, if you're going to beat the black off of me, right? I didn't say that because I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) So her voice rose above all the noise in the zoo. Why is that? Because my mother's voice is one of the sweetest voices I've ever heard in my life. It's the intimate voice. It's the time I've had with my mom. Well, listen, anything supernatural, it comes out of intimacy with God. When the noise is happening, (laughs) when life comes and challenges arise, you need to have such an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God that you can sense what he is, is that he's saying to you in the moment, that you can feel it, that you can adjust because if you have good, yeah, I done preached the mic out. Thank you, Jesus. It leads to the power of God functioning accurately. Rule number 10. Everybody stand. A supernatural lifestyle is a birthright for the believer. Scripture tells us that The Holy Spirit, I think it's very interesting we're in Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit is given as a down payment for our inheritance. And when I think about that, I reflect on that, the question I often ask, and I ask myself this multiple times, even as a down payment for our inheritance, what does our inheritance look like? The Holy Spirit's a down payment. It's a down payment for your inheritance. What does your inheritance look like? A supernatural lifestyle is not a call to be something greater. It's a call to be who you are as a follower of Christ. The new normal is a supernatural lifestyle, not a sexual preference, not a political agenda. The new normal is when you can never get over your hangups or you had addiction that just had you bound and you came into the body of Christ and God took the, the taste of that addiction out of your life and set you free. And because he did that, he now wants to use you to help others do that. That's the new normal. The new normal is when a marriage is spiraling out of control and you stay in the body of Christ and you meet with a seasoned couple. You know the seasoned couples that start to look like each other? That's how like long they've been together. You know what I'm talking about. And they look at your situation, like, oh, yeah, I ain't going through, you'll be all right. And then they start telling you about their war scars and all their stuff. And then you leave that counseling section like, man, we really ain't that bad after all. That's the new normal because God set their marriage free and he healed their marriage. So now they're using their stuff to heal your stuff. And it's supposed to go to generation to generation. I want to share some final thoughts. I'm going to pray for you as we end our service, but we're going to still do some supernatural stuff here because I feel the Holy Spirit in the room. So here's some final thoughts. This is from Zig Ziglar, great Zig Ziglar. You're the only person on earth who can use your ability. Why, Pastor, why would Pastor Will want to focus on a church being supernatural? We're doing so good. 
We just signed the stuff at 2 a.m. That's not enough. You need money and the presence of God. <laughs> what would happen if the church had money and God? Not in that order. Jesus had a treasurer for a reason, folks. You don't have a treasurer unless you have a treasure. Just saying. There's, an, there's something unique about this church. When leadership says, hey, we're not settling for our success. Yeah, we got a couple of different campuses. Yeah, we got a couple of different. There's so much more for us. And as leadership goes to the next level, you're supposed to go to the next level. Let me just shift gears real quick. I really felt like earlier, and I, I just, I forgot to mention this in our time. I felt like the Lord saying that this is a 21st century Antioch. And, man, it's one of those things where it's going to be so unique that the words you have to describe the dreams are going to pale in comparison to what God is actually about to do. And I heard the Lord say, you are truly going to understand what it is where it says that exceedingly, exceedingly and abundantly, God will do all you can ask or think. I'm paraphrasing it right now. There's, there's one tr translation that says super abundantly. Right? I felt like the Lord is saying for you in this church that get ready for the Antioch expression. And I know we talked earlier on lunch about models and all that stuff. We need those things to kind of give it language. But it's a 21st century Antioch explosion that's happening. I want to I want to finish this real quick and we'll, we'll flow some more. Uh, one of my other final thoughts is do the thing and you will have the power. Right? Like the supernatural. Just do it. Some of you have been waiting for the gun, so to speak, to go off for you to run the supernatural away. So listen, the gun has been shot. It's time for you to do the thing. My last final thought, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I couldn't help it. Chuck Knoll's in the house. <laughs> he says, you can't make a great plan until you first do it in practice. So you know where you do it in practice? In here, in this house, you practice on each other. That way you get your confidence up and you do some different things. So as we wrap up, I want to leave you with this question that I asked earlier. Well, no, this is the question. What type of believer do you want to be known as? What type of church do you want to be known as? You can put the last slide up. So Acts chapter 2 is like the birth of the New Testament church, okay? Pentecost, and he, he talked about it earlier. Jesus has been on tour for 50 days, <laughs> the first original zombie to go on tour for the first 50 days. And he's been showing himself to different people. And then he says something really cool. He says, I want you guys to get together and I want to like give you something, give you a gift. And the Bible says as they were waiting in the room, they said they were praying, they were all in one accord. And the Bible says that there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind that filled the space. And it begins to say that there were like tongues of fire or icons of fire on their heads. And it says that they begin to speak a different language. They begin to articulate a different language. And at this place, I don't have time to geek out, but it was a very significant place. So when they were speaking, different people from all over the world, from all different nations, were hearing what it is that was said. And they would say, how are these guys saying these? Aren't these guys drunk? Like, what's going on here? And Peter says, listen. We ain't sipping on what you think we sipping on. We got something real. And then he quotes Joel. He, 
he quotes the prophet Joel. And Joel said, he says, in those days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Not some flesh, but all flesh. He says, your sons and your daughters, men and women, fathers and mothers will prophesy. <laughs> he says, your old men, and I'm going to add ladies, seasoned ladies. I don't like, I'll never call a woman old. A seasoned woman, right, will have dreams. And the sons and the daughters will have visions. <laughs> This is the birthday of the church, and I want to declare something to you. I think it's not strange that you signed a new mortgage today. I feel like it's a rebirth of Two Rivers Church today. And this weekend, as you're preparing yourself to feel, feel, excuse me, feel something new from God, to feel the presence of God like you've never felt before, I heard the Holy Spirit say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, that it truly is the season where the, 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 the waves of change are upon us, the winds of change, so to speak, are upon us. And there are those of you who have been here and you've come tonight and you said, look, I really don't even know if I want to go tonight. It's the summer. I got other things to do. It's hot. Well, listen, the Lord says, as your obedience of stepping across the line and showing up in your tithe, in your talent, in your treasure, the Lord says he's going to use you, use this church, use this body of believers to shift the atmosphere, shift the state of New York, shift the Northeast. There's a revival coming, a revival coming, a revival coming, a revival coming, and you've been contending for it. You've been asking God for it. You've been asking God to show us your glory. And the Lord says, yes, because you've been faithful. Yes, because you've been a good steward. Yes, you've actually made the hard decisions. I'm going to let you see my glory. And this glory is going to be different. It's going to be the glory that Moses experienced where it says he had to cover his face. I'm believing that even tonight as you leave here, there's going to be something so different in your countenance that people are going to say, what's different? And you're going to say, I was at Two Rivers on Thursday. And God showed up. So I'm going to transition and end our service right now for the recording, but I want to just stay in this moment real quick, if that's okay. And I want to release you if you want to leave, but there's some things I believe God wants to do here. So, Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you that we are engaged supernaturally. And, Lord, I ask God that if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know the name of Jesus Christ and hasn't named it as Lord of their life, Lord, I ask that you would give them the courage to do it. And if they've done it, that they would find a leader. Or if you're online, you would write in, you would say, hey, that pastor was talking about getting connected with Jesus as the first step. I want to do that. And I believe this church will take care of you. But Lord, I specifically thank you for the church, this Two Rivers family. I thank you for Pastor Will and his heart for so much more. Lord, I ask God that these, this message and this series will not just be some good words or good preaching, but it actually be the foundational bricks for people to build their lives upon. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.